God is above all things. Anna Scott and Andrew and Kara, thank you for that powerful reminder of God's sovereignty in all situations, even unprecedented and unusual situations. Those two words, unprecedented and unusual, I think you and I, I know in my own life, I have heard and used those two words more than I have, I think, in an entire lifetime. These are unprecedented. These are unusual days. And we know why. We want to slow down the transmission of COVID-19. We want to prayerfully stop and have a sense of containment of this virus. And so we are living in unusual and unprecedented days. I saw something yesterday I don't think I've ever seen in all 14 years of parenting. We had a nine-year-old baseball game. At the end of the baseball game, the entire uh, boys' team ran up to the bathroom and they all washed their hands after the game. That, my friends, is unprecedented. That is really unusual. Uh, we live in a day where we're seeing schools transition in so many ways. Uh, all the universities have transitioned to online delivery systems. You see this with public schools here in the state of Alabama. Two and a half weeks of, uh, in these next two and a half weeks, schools will be closed. In your work life, where you're working, uh, how you're working is transitioning. It is unique. It is unusual. It's unprecedented before us. We see this with, many of you know this, if you've been to New York City, there are 41 Broadway theaters in New York City. All of them are closed to, uh, through uh, the, the beginning of April. So there are a lot of ways. In the, in the sporting world, you, you see this. Most of the, the attention has gone to the sporting world and the which the way that COVID-19 has intersected with things like the NBA season, which is suspended right now. Uh, you see it with Major League Baseball that has postponed uh, spring training and has pushed back the opening day before us. Even in March Madness, who could have ever imagined that March Madness would just be canceled, which really is a shame this year because I was pretty sure that the Mississippi State Bulldogs, both the women's team and the, and the men's team, would, would have actually won the tournament this year. So uh, that, that, that would be unprecedented, and I can assure you that would be very unusual. That's supposed to be a joke. Hopefully you find it funny right now. But it is okay to laugh, isn't it? We, we are living in unprecedented. We're living in unusual times. And, and what is a Christian's call in the midst of the unprecedented and unusual times in which we're living in? There, there are two opposite extremes that we shouldn't give ourselves to. One extreme in unprecedented times is overreaction and absolute panic. Uh, the, the other extreme, wouldn't you say, is just minimization. You, you ignore it. Uh, you think this is just a worldwide overreaction. So we want to avoid both gutters there. We want to avoid overreaction. We want to avoid minimization. This is one of the reasons that the leadership here at Dawson ha has chosen along with churches in the Birmingham metro area and around our nation to worship through the medium of online streaming here. We want to heed the wise counsel of leaders, especially the Jefferson County Health Department that, that cautioned worship gatherings or any gatherings, mass gatherings over 500 or more. And so we want to love our neighbors well. And so you're worshiping at home, you're worshiping someone else through the medium of technology. And what a great gift that is. It's unprecedented. It's certainly unusual, but these are unique 
unprecedented and unusual time. So what is your response to that? What, what is my response? Well, we open up God's word and wouldn't we know it that God has a clear word to us, even in unprecedented times. He tells us many things in the Word of God, but this morning, if we were just to boil down two truths to hold on to this Sunday morning for you individually, you and your family, the first truth that I want you to see this morning is that we as Christians are called to trust God in unprecedented days. Let me say that again. We are called to trust God in unprecedented days. The Word of God is clear to us that He is a God who is sovereign in all times. Now, often in our lives, we, we live under this sort of illusion that we can control so much in our life. We live under the illusion of, of the poet William Henley, who has this, this poem that really uh, encapsulates our, our feelings about our life at times, that we are the master of our fate, we are the captain of our soul. And there's so much about our life that we can control in the year 2020. That there's so much of our life that we feel that we are the master of. You can be thousands away from thousands of miles away from your home and with just a click of an app on your smartphone, you can turn the lights off. You can adjust the air conditioning. You you can transfer through your phone. You can transfer money out of one account to another account without ever stepping foot in a bank, uh, through nutritional advancements. You, you, by eating the right food, can feel better. By taking the right medicine, can feel better. By exercising more, you can feel better. And there is an illusion, if we're not careful, there's an illusion in your life and in my life with all of the technological, all of the medicinal, all the nutritional advancements that we have, we can feel this false security that we are in control. Everything that happens in your life and in my life is ultimately a result of what we want to happen. In times like this, these unprecedented times, these unusual times, they sort of bust the bubble of that illusion of our control. It, it reminds us that we are not the captain of our soul, that we are not the shaper individually of our destiny. Now, that can be something that's overwhelmingly bad news to much of our world, but if you're a follower of Jesus, it is good news that you're not in control. Because you know why? You have, follower of Christ, you have a personal relationship with the one that who is in control, the one who is sovereign over all. Last week, if you were here at Dawson, we're walking through the Gospel of Mark, and we came to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. You remember that famous story of the boat being tossed to and fro in this great storm that was out of the control of the disciples. They couldn't stop the storm. They couldn't halt the furor of the storm. But in that moment, there was one who could rebuke the wind, who could calm the sea. They couldn't control what was going on around them, but they were with the one who could say, quiet, be still. And it is a good reminder when the wind is around us, the waves of circumstances around us, as the disciples were in a tumultuous storm and it was scary and it was uncertainty around them, but God in the flesh was with them 
And when Jesus Christ was with them in that storm, as he is with us in every storm, we're reminded that while the disciples were caught by surprise by the storm, Jesus was not caught by surprise. And even now, it isn't as if God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit got a alert in heaven and breaking news of what we have seen occur across our world in the past few months and that has made a tremendous impact here in our own country in the past few weeks and days. So we don't have to fear because we know that Jesus is with us. Now, does that mean that we just go about our day without taking any precautions? Well, no. Uh, Paul would tell his protege in the ministry in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he continues, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So trusting in the sovereignty of God is not to the exclusion of utilizing a sound mind. So trusting in the sovereignty of God, not fearing in the midst of the uncertainty around us, doesn't mean that we don't practice social distancing, doesn't mean that uh, it would uh, be not unwise for us to avoid shaking hands for a period of time and to wash our hands thoroughly. We do all of those things while trusting in the sovereign will and sovereign control of God. So what are you, Christian, called to do in uncertain times? You're, you're called, as I'm called, to trust in God in the midst of uncertain times, in the midst of these times. Now, secondly, this morning, not only are we called to trust in God in unprecedented, unusual, unique times, but we're called to pray in unprecedented times. Uh, one thing that can sort of be paralyzing to us many times is that we can feel so overwhelmed when life around us seems chaotic. We, we can feel small and insignificant when we uh, hold on to the truth that God is sovereign and we are not. And at times we can mistake that there's nothing that we can do. I want you to turn with me. I know we've referenced a few biblical passages this morning, but I want us to focus our hearts just real briefly here this morning on one passage when, when Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, when Paul is writing to the Philippians in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, he writes this. Do you have a Bible? You can pause this right now and go find a Bible. I want you to open it to Philippians 4, and I want us to hold on to verses 6 through 7. You found it. You're looking at it. Maybe you individually are looking at it. Maybe you have it before your family right now. Read with me in your copy of God's Word. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Really, Paul? That's what we're tempted to say. Really, Paul? Don't be anxious about anything? Do you know this about the book of Philippians? Most scholars would believe that Paul is writing this letter uh, approximately around 61, 62 AD. He is most likely in a Roman prison. That's during the time of Nero, an emperor who was the most prominent persecutor of Christians. 
you go back to Philippians chapter 1, he is pondering in those early verses of this biblical passage in this biblical book. He's pondering whether he's ever going to ever even get out of prison. And so in this passage in Philippians chapter 4, where he says, don't be anxious about anything, this isn't an ivory tower. This isn't him in some kind of academic distancing. Actually, he is in prison and he's pondering, will I ever see the light of day again? He's lost his freedom and he's pondering whether or not he will lose his life. And here he says, do not be anxious. Well, what are we supposed to do, Paul? He says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Uh, I think there are times where we're looking for the fine print. Uh, by, but in everything, by everything, does that include everything? Well, of course it does. School closings, right. Yes, everything. The instability of the economy, of course. We bring that to the Lord. Maybe there's some nervousness, some anxiety that's building up in your life about the financial markets or maybe your own workplace or maybe even some of the things that you are seeing at your school and you're trying to understand what your teachers are saying and maybe even what your parents are saying. And what Paul is saying is that in these kinds of times, we bring all of those feelings, every one of them, to the Lord in prayer. How do we do it? With thanksgiving. Every time I read this passage, I'm reminded of this wonderful, wonderful story. Do you know the name of Matthew Henry? I know many of you who are life group teachers and you've taught for years. You would know of Matthew Henry because of his famous Bible commentary from centuries ago. He was a popular preacher, Bible commentator. And one day, as the story goes, he was walking to church to preach. And on his way to preach, he was robbed. He was robbed. He did not die in the assault. He gets back up. He walks on to the church. Well, his church members could see, uh, they could see that something terrible had happened to the one they loved, their pastor, they were comforting him. And instead of canceling the services in that moment, and instead of him not going and, and preaching, letting someone else preach, he said, I've got a message from the Lord that I have to share. And you know what he said in that moment to his congregation just after being robbed? He says, I have so much to be thankful for. You can imagine the quizzical looks that his parishioners had on their faces. What, what, is, what is their pastor going to be thankful for just after he was robbed? Well, he says, number one, let me be thankful first because he had never robbed me before. Then he said, secondly, because although he took my wallet, he did not take my wife, my life. And third, because although he took all I possessed, it was not much. And finally, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. Do you see what Matthew Henry was doing in that moment? He, he was giving thanks to God in all circumstances. Even in that moment, he, he was thanking God for the way that he was sovereign over his life, even in the midst of this difficulty. And he was thankful and grateful for so many things that he could see, even in the midst of an unspeakable tragedy that none of us would want to go through. Now, none of us should misunderstand 
this story. We don't go looking to be robbed for a testimony to share. We don't go looking to catch a virus for a testimony to share. We don't try to go spread the virus. None of that, of course not. But this insight from the Apostle Paul is so powerful for us this very morning. And, it, and it's not the power of positive thinking. It's not making lemonades out of lemon. You know what it is? It, it is this wonderful truth. Christ in us is more powerful, more powerful than the circumstances around us. Do you hear what I'm saying? Christ in you is more powerful than the circumstances around you. When you know that, you understand the power of the verse that you see right before you in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this passage because it talks about when we go to the Lord in prayer with our anxiety, with the things that we're thinking about, the uncertainties around us, that God allows the peace of the Holy Spirit to guard our hearts and mind. When we think of the word peace, we oftentimes think of the absence of conflict. We, we think of someone in the 60s giving a peace sign, and we, we think of uh, being very, very passive, but that's not how Paul talks about the peace of God. The peace of God fights for us. The peace of God guards our heart and our mind. So how do we experience that? Well, we experience it through prayer. So in the midst of uncertain times, in the midst of unprecedented and unusual circumstances that we're experiencing right now, God invites us to bring it to him in prayer. How can we pray, not only today, but in the days to come? Well, these are some of the things that came to my mind, and I want to invite you. Maybe you need a pen and a sheet of paper to write these down, and maybe this could be for your own life, or maybe for your family, some, some prayer prompters for you. Well, number one, I think we as Christians should consistently in the days to come pray for worldwide leaders, national leaders, state leaders, our local leaders, our governmental leaders uh, all across the world and here nationally, locally, and in our state. Uh, those that are leaders in the health industry, uh, we want to pray that God would give wisdom as we are in unprecedented times. Secondly, this morning, we want to pray for scientists. We want to pray for the nurses and the doctors and pharmacists. Those who are treating the sick, those who are helping the sick, those who are working on, on vaccines in the days to come and even right now, we want to pray for those. Number three this morning, we want to pray for those who are sick. We want to pray for those who are what we've heard in the news, high risk. Uh, maybe maybe some of those are in your own family. Maybe some of those individuals are people that you know by name. Uh, maybe they're afraid. Maybe they're afraid to leave home. Maybe they're afraid of, of what they're hearing on the news. And so we want to pray as specifically as we can for those. Fourth, Brad's already said it in his introduction, but COVID-19 doesn't pause the Great Commission. Uh, the coronavirus doesn't pause the work of God here in Birmingham and across the world. 
you know this, when you give to Dawson, one of the great joys of giving is that we're able to support missionaries that are across our nation and across our world. I got a report just a few days ago of one missionary family that is quarantined in, in uh, a place where we're reading on the news and uh, reading in the paper and hearing on the news of some of the most difficult challenges they're experiencing. So we just want to pray. We want to pray for our missionaries that are uh, providentially scattered across our nation and scattered abroad. We want to pray for their protection, and we want to pray that God would use this worldwide pandemic to be able to give a platform for gospel ministry. And so maybe you're not in those places. Most of us are not in those places, but we want to pray for our missionaries. And, and finally, we want to pray for ways to help. We want to pray for ways to serve. Now, these are unprecedented times. They're unusual times. So guess what? We're going to serve in unprecedented and unusual ways. So we need to ask the Lord for wisdom. James chapter 1, where we lack wisdom, ask, and he gives it to us without finding fault. So we want to pray. Maybe it will be that God will open up a door for us to call a neighbor who we know that lives alone just to check on them. Maybe it's to come alongside of someone who probably doesn't need to get out and maybe to go fight through the grocery line for some of the essentials that that person needs. Maybe we have a friend who is a nurse, a physician, and they're scrambling. They, they heard the, the news of the schools being off for the next two and a half weeks, and they don't have the ability to just work from home. So we want to be creative. We want to pray that God would open our eyes during this time to see the needs of those that are around us, not just solely focus on them. what do we need, uh, not solely focusing on how can we get through this? What if we have to stay at home for a long time? We want to pray that God would open our hearts and our minds to see the needs all around us. Christian, in unprecedented times, we have a calling upon our life. Uh, we have a calling to trust in God. Uh, we have a calling to pray to God. And you know, when we trust in God, when we offer our prayers to him in the midst of unprecedented, unusual times, you know what we can live in? We can live in the hope of God. I can look at you right through this camera here and tell you without any hesitation, uh, we're not worshiping this morning, and I wish we were. I wish I could see you, but I want you to hear me so clearly. I, I am hopeful even in the midst of these unprecedented and unusual times. And do you, do you know why I am hopeful? Because I know Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. And you do too. So many of you that are watching this this morning, you are a follower of Jesus. And, and we know a greater story than the story that we see on the news now. We, we know the story of our Savior who came to this earth, an earth that has been since Adam and Eve infiltrated by a virus with a 100% rate of infection. Every man, every woman, every child that has ever lived and will ever live, besides Christ himself, has been infected with that virus. And this virus, it ends not only in certain death, but eternal death. All of humanity lives gripped by the pandemic that we know as sin. My hope, my hope in the face of that pandemic, my hope in the face of that virus of sin is the story of the gospel, 
that God so loves you, he so loved me, he so loved the world that he would send his only son, his son, Jesus Christ, who lived in this virus, sin-infected world. He lived with people who were infected. He, he didn't practice social distancing, but he, the perfect son of God, the only one who was inoculated from sin, he would breathe the same air, he would touch the hurting, he ate with these people, and he died. You know the story of the crucifixion. He died in isolation and abandonment by almost all of the people that were closest to him. But the story of the gospel is that he was raised to life. The power of the resurrection is that what we know as the greatest, the greatest tragedy that ever occurred, the death of the infinite Son of God on Friday, turned into the greatest news of hope, and that is his resurrection on Sunday. And while we hold on to that resurrection, we know that that resurrection is the antidote to the virus of sin, that through Jesus Christ, there is the power of God that has defeated sin and defeated death. And when you and when I turn to him, we admit that we are a sinner. We admit that we're infected. We believe in the finished work of the gospel. We commit our life to him. You know what? We receive forgiveness. We receive hope. We receive the peace of God in a relationship with him because he heals us and he gives us life abundantly now in the midst of all the circumstances, as difficult as they might be, and he gives us eternal life forever. I have hope. You have hope. It's not the circumstances around us, but it's Christ in us. It's the power of the word of God in John chapter 11 where he says to Mary and Martha who are grieving the death of their brother Lazarus, these words I hope will sustain you even today. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone, and everyone, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Then Jesus asked this question, do you believe this. I do. And that belief, it makes all the difference. And I know many of you that are watching here, you believe too. And you know the hope that I am talking about. Christ in you. No matter the circumstances around you. What is your call in the midst of unprecedented times? Put your trust in God. Pray to God. This is our hope. He, Jesus, is our hope. Let us pray. So it is, God, that we come to you today knowing that our hope is found solely in you. We know these are unprecedented and unusual times. So we pray for governmental leaders we pray for health officials, that you would give them wisdom in the tremendous decisions that they have to make. We, we pray for uh, scientists that you've given minds to and you've given technology to and the medicinal advancements. We pray for healing and a cure. We pray for nurses and doctors who are on the front line caring for those who potentially uh, are sick. And we just pray for their protection. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who uh, who maybe are fearful of the uncertainty of, of all that they're reading about and they're hearing about. 
we pray for missionaries, missionaries all across the world right now, even in our own nation, who are serving in places that maybe are quarantined, maybe the, the, uh, the spread of the virus is rapid around them. We pray that you would sustain them and give them a platform for gospel ministry. And we pray, God, that you would open our hearts, you would open our eyes to opportunities for us to be your hands and feet in these unprecedented and unusual times. We pray this, God, we pray this as a family of faith spread out all across Birmingham and beyond. We pray this united through your Son and our Savior, Jesus, and all of God's people watching all across Birmingham and beyond. We all say, Amen. Thanks for joining us in worship. I, I know it's been a little bit unusual I want to challenge you. Uh, we're coming to the end of our service. I'm going to offer our benediction like I always do each and every Sunday. And in these unprecedented and unusual times, I, I do want to encourage you to not end this worship time when this service is over. Maybe you're by yourself. Maybe you're with a loved one. Maybe you're with family and friends. I want to encourage you, as soon as this service ends, to take those five opportunities of prayer we are called as a nation to pray this very morning. And so we, as the Dawson Family of Faith, we want to join with Christians all across our nation, across denominational lines, joining together, literally virtually joining hands. We won't do that physically, but we'll do that spiritually today. Today, And, and those five avenues, those five areas of prayer, would you take the opportunity this morning, maybe if you're by yourself or you're with someone, maybe you would just offer those times in, in prayer. You would offer each area in, in prayer this morning. Maybe there are multiple people in your family. And maybe some people are not very comfortable praying out loud. Maybe they can pray in their mind. Or maybe one person in your family can offer a prayer that encapsulates some of the things that we've talked about this morning, some of the offers that I've given you and prompts I've given you to pray this morning. We want to hear from you. We're going to end the service in a moment, but our connection as a body of Christ, it, it cannot be eliminated by uh, the uncertainty of COVID-19. So let's talk about a couple of ways that we're going to stay in touch. I want to hear from you. Uh, how can we do that? How, how can I hear from you? Well, one easy way is in these days to come, if we're worshiping together uh, through uh, online streaming, I'm just going to give you the easiest way for, for you to be able to share maybe a prayer request that you have, maybe an opportunity for ministry, or maybe even what, what is God teaching you in the midst of this? So one very simple way to do that is just to email me directly, pastordavid at dawsonchurch.org. That's Pastor David at DawsonChurch.org. I or one of our ministers will be able to come alongside of you in the days to come. But we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear what God is teaching you uniquely, what God maybe is teaching your family in this time. How can our ministerial staff, how can our lay leaders come alongside of you, pray with you, pray for you specifically? We want to hear from you. And again, that's one way to do that. If you're, if you're watching on, on Facebook right now, you, you can even go into the comments and be able to uh, express that. But if you want the privacy, feel free to just email me directly. 
You're going to hear in the coming days more information about life groups and a strategy moving forward. You're going to hear more about future plans. All of that is going to be delivered to you. Always feel free to go to www.dawsonchurch.org. There you'll find the most up-to-date language and most up-to-date schedule. Again, that's at dawsonchurch.org. You'll be able to see a banner that will always direct you to the most up-to-date information about any alterations to our schedule in the days to come. Again, thank you for joining us this morning. May God continue to bless you as we do every Sunday. We hear the word of God to the people of God. And so this morning, I want to give that to you. Would you receive the word of God this morning? Now to the only God who keeps us from stumbling and presents us blameless before his presence and his glorious throne with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, Amen.